Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us and sometimes we're ready for it and sometimes we're not. Change can make us happy, it can make us sad, and for the most part it does make us anxious. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiva, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. I'm a longtime entrepreneur and a consultant who fixes people and organizational problems, and Catherine uses her C-suite experience and entrepreneurial spirit to facilitate organizational strategy. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Ten years ago, Jennifer's father was killed in a car accident, five weeks after the birth of her son. Within the following three years, Jennifer had seven family members pass away. A friend committed suicide. Doctors found two suspicious lumps in her breasts and two issues with her heart. Due to this incredible stress, Jennifer started to lose her hair. Her dermatologist told her she would be bald by the age of 60 and didn't know how to help her. Jennifer had been a hairstylist for 18 years, and she decided to research hair loss. She received her full trichology certification through the World Trichology Society. She fully retired from being a stylist and became Saskatchewan's first trichologist, which is a hair and scalp specialist. She is one of 10 in Canada. She's the owner of Hope Hair Recovery. Jennifer's story is one of resiliency and looking for the silver linings in every situation. Well, hello, Jennifer, and thank you for joining us this morning on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. Good morning, Jennifer. We're really looking forward to hearing more about your story. It's a pleasure to be here, Catherine. So, Jennifer, your story starts with tragedy, uh, sad and uncontrollable events, one after another. You were being repeatedly hit with these events. How did you cope? How did you cope through all of that at the time? For me, I found a lot of strength in my children. I felt this was a very big life change and I needed to show my children that either, you know, life can take you down and and there are going to be things that do happen and you have to figure out how to get through them. So personally for me, uh, one of the first things I did was get every single book I could on death so that I could understand where all of the people that I loved were going. And I also needed to know if there were similarities between the two stories. So I read the book Heaven is for Real, written by a child, uh, well, technically his father. And then I read um, like a neuroscientist book, his life book after death. There was also a woman who uh, died canoeing and she was another big surgeon. So it was really interesting to see how their stories correlated and they were identical. So I could, I found a lot of healing in being able to know that my family members and my father were at peace. Do you also find in reading those books, the stories of other people that you didn't feel so alone, you weren't the only person going through this? Did that help? Those books were more from the um, life after death perspective. They, it wasn't that I wasn't alone. I hadn't died. Uh, they had. So I wanted to see what they experienced, what I could know exactly what my dad experienced. Interesting. Yeah. And but did they help? 
a huge. It was unbelievable. It taught me about the signs to look for. It taught me about the different areas of heaven, the different stages that people go through, you know, and all of the white light and the peace and, and the harmony that you feel. And I just needed to know that their souls were peaceful and at rest and they went through a, a wonderful overtaking, even though, you know, here on earth we were in pain. This is the the, the lesson of being human. So Jennifer, was this, I'm assuming this was a, a long process and probably did not move in a straight line. I'm, I'm sure it was not linear. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that process? Like uh, the length of time it took, I, I'm not in very, def- not in definitive timeline, but it, it was a process, I'm assuming. Absolutely. At the time when my father had passed and all those family members were passing away, my son was only five weeks old and my daughter was two and a half. So my first priority was just wake up and function. Make sure the babies are fed, make sure they are clean, make sure they have water. And so I did that for about just two and a half years, really just sort of grinding down head to the you know, floor and here we go. And then I ended up taking my do- my son into Dr. Ho, which is a naturopathic doctor in the city here. And he recognized within 30 seconds of seeing me that I had post-traumatic stress disorder. So I started seeing him regularly. And I was also going through so much heartache that I sourced out psychological help. So I went and saw a psychiatrist or a psycho- psychologist, pardon me, to help me out, a counselor. And then um, a lot of spiritual healing. I am a really, really spiritual girl. So a lot of um, body talk has been really, really helpful for me. And Reiki sessions have been very helpful. And any type of energy release, because when you have post-traumatic stress disorder, you put up so many blocks that you aren't even consciously aware of them. So it was just get into self-preserved mode and make sure you don't fall apart get your stuff together so that you can show your children that you don't just have to sit there and take it, that there's help out there. You just need to find it. And so that continued for about another three to four years. And then all of a sudden I I got rid. That's when I got, once I got healthy in my my mind and my body, then I started to focus on why I was losing my hair because I went through what was called chronic hair loss shedding. And just wasn't coming back. And that's what led me to the road of trichology. Well, that's what I find so interesting about your story is that as you were working really hard on healing and finding different ways, uh, and as Peggy said, it was a process. You didn't just pick, you know, one tool. You, you sourced out several. But how stress impacted you physically was loss of your hair. And that in itself must have been an added stress. Well, it wasn't even just the loss of my hair. They actually found uh, suspicious lumps in each one of my breasts. And they found two issues with my heart, one which was operated on last year. And I'll actually need another surgery here in the next three or four months. So it was a, a big, long physical thing. That's why I needed more than just one avenue to help. I needed somebody to help my physical body, my spiritual body, because of our if our spiritual side, I believe, sometimes is already out of whack when we're under so much stress, our body feels frantic. So I needed to figure out a way to get grounded and just get in back in my body because I felt really just like, this can't be happening to me. This is, I'm watching this person's life before my own eyes. So how do I get back in my body? And so 
once I kind of got that figured out and I started looking at trichology, to me, it just felt like a, an incredible way to pass on the incredible gifts that I was already given for the last 10 years, how I can turn around and change someone else's life. Because when you have very fine hair and you're losing it, like I was taking mirrors down. I wouldn't look at myself. I would cover up my hairline when I was doing my makeup because I was so ashamed. I'd pull my hair in a ponytail back for years so nobody would, could tell how thin it was. So I'm really, really incredibly grateful for those moments because I can sit with my clients and cry with them because I understand the exact situation that they're going through, the shame and the embarrassment and the fear. I find it's a bit ironic that you were a hairstylist for years before. That's your profession. And um, among other things, you know, the stress manifested in ways, but one of them was losing your hair. And it's really been through this whole process, you've now through trichology have been able to help others who have lost their hair. So there's a bit of irony in there that this was your profession and you've gone on through personal experience to now help others with hair loss. Yeah, to me, it just feels like um, my life's path. I, I cut off my first ponytail when I was five years old and I was addicted to that feeling. And uh, I did hair for 23 years before I retired and started focusing on trichology. And it's been nothing but an added gift because when I treat my cancer patients or my other ladies who have hair pieces and wigs or extensions, I also have that additional gift where I can custom cut it for them. I can custom color it for them and I can just add that additional benefit for them. Our hair is such an important part of how we see ourselves, our, our self-image, there's just an expectation that we're going to have hair, right? So the devastation of, of losing hair, I, is, I, can't, I can't imagine. So when you're working with individuals, are, you're working on restoring their hair. Are you also helping them in other ways? Oh, yes, most definitely. Because your hair is the crown you never take off. It is how you present yourself to the world. And as women, healthy hair has forever been associated with good health and beauty. So as soon as that hair is gone, we feel like suddenly we're not beautiful anymore. So when I work with my clients, um, healthy hair actually comes from a healthy scalp. And a healthy scalp is a direct reflection of what's going on in the body. So what we actually do is we take a really good look at the entire body as a whole and we look for the root cause of the hair loss. And we don't treat the symptoms, we treat the root. So I've had women come in that um, have had polycystic ovarian syndrome and unfortunately it has been missed by their physicians. So I tend to use the medical community as referrals. So I was able to refer her to a gynecologist, you know, the endocrinologists for women who are going through postmenopausal issues and they're having a difficult time with hormone balancing. Um, and blood work. I study blood with all of my patients. So it gives me a good idea. So then I'm in cahoots with their general practitioners what, because we read blood a little bit differently functionally medicine with functional medicine as opposed to mainstream medicine. But those little differences in the blood will make a huge difference in that patient's hair. So it's a very, very thorough assessment that we go through. Jennifer, you took a real academic approach to uh, you know, resolving this issue and, f and figuring it out. You've read science, you've read books. Tell us a little bit about how you did that. Uh, well, however, like I said, has always been my passion. And then when I 
when I got curious about how mine was falling out and why it was not coming back and how I could get it back, if I can talk to a friend of mine in Australia face to face, how come my physicians can't really help me? You know, I mean, they've got minoxidil and that's about it. But then I found the National Hair Loss Association down in California and Scottsdale, Arizona. And I became an affiliate with them and took some training with them as well. And then I found Dr. Kingsley and the World Trichology Society. And the World Trichology Society is one of the world's leading trichological institutes. And they're very science-based. So we basically do a few years of pre-med on top of, and then we specialize obviously in the trichological area of things. So um, now I'm a professor for the World Trichology Society as well and a member of the American Hair Loss Council. So I have a lot of angles with which if I don't know the problem, I'm also a member of the International Trichological Congress over in the UK. So if I don't know, I literally have people in Puerto Rico, the UK, Saudi Arabia, Australia, every corner of the world that I can refer back to in order to help my patients. That's wonderful, uh, Jennifer. Have you? Do you find that men seek out your services and do men react to hair loss in the same way, like your hair loss story, it was based on stress. There are many reasons why people lose their hair. Uh, sometimes it's hormonal. They, you know, there's a lot of things, as you say, that are going on in the body. But how do men react? Do they? Is it more acceptable to lose your hair? You know, my heart actually bleeds a little bit for the men because a lot of them think that they just have to accept it. So they'll just go and shave it off, and then they kind of give up. Technology and science has come a very, very long way. Not only, I mean, we can save hair up to a certain point. There is unfortunately a point with which we can't regenerate the, the patient's own growth, but we are doing things. We're bringing in a line from Italy for those men and women, as a matter of fact. And instead of it being like a, a toupee that you need to glue on once a week, it's actually a bonded hair piece, major surgical grade bonder. And it goes right over top of your existing hair. So there's no shaving involved or nothing. But I have a gentleman right now that when he phoned me up initially, you could almost tell that he was ashamed to be calling me and uh, almost embarrassed, but he doesn't want to lose it, you know? And so I, I just need the men and, and especially the women, because men have always had finasteride or minoxidil, but there's a few side effects that can come along with that. And with that, it, it still won't prevent that end result, right? So we use laser therapy in my practice. I use remarkable supplements sourced out of the UK. And again, like I said, um, we're, we're going to be sourcing these prosthetic hair pieces out of Italy here in the next three to six months. We'll have them in the clinic and hopefully men won't just have to accept it because the other thing is too, is hair loss is actually um, most common between the ages of 18 and 25 right now. Whereas it used to be 40 and 45. So I probably got 25 men under the age of 25 that are all panicking right now. And there is a case study actually that we just read. Uh, there's a gentleman, a young man who's in fact 14 years old and we've found evidence of genetic hair loss in him as well. Oh my. Jennifer, when you were going through all of this, uh, you know, losing your hair is very emotional, as you've described. By researching and finding out information, did you feel that that gave you some power that you were then able to kind of look at the issue and the problem in a more objective view? Absolutely. That's exactly what I did for myself and what I do for my patients. I found it very empowering, very um 
when you feel like there's you're in a completely uncontrollable situation, if you can at least understand the process, it helps take that fear away. And if someone can explain to you why things are happening and you're not in, in just a free fall and you have no idea what's going on, that made me feel better. So that's exactly what I do for my patients. Make sure that they're not free falling. They all feel like doctors when they leave out of my clinic because they know what's happening and they know what to expect and when to expect it. And then they all also have my personal contact information because some cases are a little more advanced than others. And some people need that extra support and that emotional support because it is a very um, isolating condition. So I do my very best to make sure that they're empowered, they're educated, and they leave inspired. That is my goal. So you've talked to us about um, one of the ways that you've gone through this journey over the last number of years is by looking at silver linings. Can you tell us a little bit about that? This is my favorite part. So um, the silver lining with my dad passing away is probably my favorite story. Um, So my dad was killed in a car accident on the highway landed in um, a ditch in November, full of half water, half snow. They took It took the paramedics two and a half hours to get him out of there, and they ended up needing the jaws of life because he was actually trapped in there as well. So it was a pretty ugly ending for him. However, since, going, since then, I actually ended up going to a horse retreat just outside. My father was killed just outside of Humboldt, and there was a woman that had a horse retreat there. And she sat me down and, uh, and she said, you know, Jennifer, I know exactly who you are and I know who your dad was. And she was, I just thought that you should know that the town of Humboldt got a new piece of equipment to help with water rescue safety training or water rescue, um, rescuing the patients, pardon me. And then they also, the paramedics, the fire and the other volunteers that are there, the community service workers all got extra training as well. So even though my father passed away, my dad was probably one of the most giving and incredible people you'll ever meet. And to me, that was like his last gift to the world because that would be something he would do, you know? So now I can um, rest easy knowing that somebody else's father won't pass away. They'll be saved and they're going to be all right. And if you knew my dad, that he wouldn't want it any other way. That would have been perfect for him. So Jennifer, that silver linings, it sounds like that is really a key part of how you've coped with all the things that have happened to you is as sad as retching as they are to to find some silver lining at the end of it all you have to um there was a uh, quote from i think it was oprah i can't remember of course right now exactly what it was but i mean it goes along the line that what that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger and I, I firmly, I mean, and, and given I have never lost a child. So, 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 I mean, for those listening, I, I, I'm so sorry that I, I can't relate to you. But for all of the negative things that have happened in my life, I have had to find the silver lining because I firmly believe that when a, one door closes, another window opens. We just have to find it. And it may not happen instantly. Sure, it certainly didn't happen instantly for me. If you would have talked to me 10 years ago and said, I'm going to be running a successful clinic, helping people with hair loss, I had told you that you're probably crazy because I felt like curling up in ball every day and just crying my eyes out. So dealing with grief, um, I think it's a big, it's a big issue for a lot of people. And some people will never put it to rest. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you dealing dealing with grief uh, with around all of those events and finding silver linings at the end of some of those, was there a point where you actually just packed the grief away, or do you still carry some of that with you? Kind of, but not really. I can leave a big hurt away. Um, I don't believe that time heals. I believe that time teaches us how to learn to live without. And so with that, I'm grateful. But I am at the point now where I see the beauty in it all. I, I remember the memories with happy tears now and not, oh my gosh, my father's gone. Now it's, hey, do you remember when we did this? Do you remember when you know we did that? And um, so, yeah, and when I feel... This might sound a little bit crazy, but when I feel like I really miss him, I talk to him. Let's have a conversation. Um, I go to my cabin where he used to love to be, and I just meditate, listen to the ocean, or listen to the lake, rather, and, and the animals, and I just try to just have my conversations with him. And But it's definitely become easier to live with, most definitely. Mm, that's that's um, really... Uh... You know, a, a really interesting journey you've come through, and um, by all accounts, Jennifer, you've um, managed to do this in a way that's really working very well for you. Are there any key insights about change that you would like to share with others? Don't give up. You can't give in. Um, change is an opportunity. It is not negative. Uh, it all depends on your outlook on it. If you think that change will be negative, it probably will be. You know, what you think, you're going to put out there. If you think that this change is coming to you for a reason, and it's just going to take a little time to figure it out, and even though you have to understand that, you know, the roads that are worth getting to are never smooth, and they're never in a straight line. So for me, change um, catapulted me into good things. But it took 10 years. You know, and nothing good ever happens overnight, as far as I'm concerned. So keeping the faith in yourself, don't listen to what other people say. People even in this business had told me before I started that it was bound to fail. Um, but I just couldn't stop pressing forward. So I, I felt in my heart of hearts that people needed this. And so if anybody out there is listening and you just feel like there's something to offer someone and with COVID and the massive changes that came on, those are doors that could potentially be opening. You just need to look for that silver lining. Thank you, Jennifer. I think the uh, the the real the real learning, certainly for me, in listening to you, is how to uh, look at situations that are quite devastating devastating for us personally, and and over time, using research and your intelligence to to see the opportunity, which is what you've done. Um, so if people wanted to find you, Jennifer, where would they find you on social media or, or your website? Yeah, well, my website is www.hopehairrecovery.com. On Facebook, they can find me at Hope Hair Recovery or Jennifer McCowan is my personal page. I share a lot of my personal stories as well. And on Instagram, I'm at Hope Hair Recovery. Okay, lots of opportunities for people to reach out. And I understand as well that, um, you know, in spite of COVID, your business is in the process of growth. 
we are expanding. It's that double-edged sword. Some of the wonderful women that I worked with in my building, unfortunately, uh, were unable to continue working. Um, but that presented me with an opportunity to expand my business. And so I'm actually doubling in size, almost double and a half in size. And I'm that's why I'm bringing in even more staff to help me and even more things to help uh, my patients. We're even going to be bringing in a hair analysis test that will give my patients a 30-page comprehensive report under 15 minutes. So some science from Germany that we're bringing in. It's remarkable. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for the service that you provide to the many men and women out there and uh, really a new lease on life for many people, I'm sure. And thank you so much for sharing your incredible story with us. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for allowing me a platform to share it on. I really, really hope that it helps somebody out there. Thank you, Jennifer. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was a great story. What'd you think, Peggy? Yes, it, it was. And it, it's a compelling story because it's it's one of those stories where there's so much she has she's gone through so much sadness and tragedy um, you know which other people go through as well but finding a silver lining as she went through that process I think is a really great learning for people on how how to deal with change um, she did research she you know looking at her spiritual side physical side I think it's a great story and, and it ended up in an opportunity for her yeah, I agree. I loved how she used data and information and research to really get to the bottom of what was happening. And that's not easy to do. When you're in the middle of grief and your 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 hair, you're losing your hair, it's so emotional. So it really took her discipline to uh, you know follow through on that and good for her. It seems it worked very well for her. It did. Yeah. yeah. A great story. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, me too. If you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom audio. Producers Peggy Koenig and Catherine Greiba. Executive producer Koenig Leadership Advisory. Audio editing and production Big Bang Studios. Sound engineer Hal Schrank. Theme music La Pompée, written by Chris Harrington, music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.